This is George Blaze from WCIU-TV, Channel 26, The U. You're listening to 1590 WCGO, Chicago's Smart Talk. The Mike Novak Show starts in 3, 2, 1... Live from a cul-de-sac somewhere in Evanston, Illinois, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. 20 years and counting as Chicago's go-to deep green gardening and environment program. Heard every Sunday morning on Chicago's Smart Talk. Good planets hard to find. Temperate zones and tropic climes. And true currents and thriving seas. Wind blowing through breathing trees. Strong ozone and safe sunshine. Well, good planets are hard to find. Good planets are in the main. Your questions, comments, and participation are always welcome at 847-475-1590, on Facebook and Instagram at The Mike Novak Show, and at Mike Now on Twitter. And here they are, she's lean and he's green, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. Play that harmonica. Hey, listen, uh, let's not play that. Hold on. You ready? Mm-hmm. Ow, that hurts. <laughs> That hurts my ears. See, we, we, we blew those last week uh, for the end of 2017, and believe me, it couldn't leave soon enough. It just I hope the door hit it soundly. Good in, in the posterior yes. as it left. Yes. yes, yes. However, this is for our first anniversary show here at WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. Uh, one year ago today, because it was a Saturday and it was the 7th, we started our uh, very first show on uh, WCGO. So uh, I'm just so excited that <laughs> moving into a new year, I'm at the same place that I was last year. This hasn't happened in they a while. They haven't changed the locks on They us? haven't changed the locks. There's no pirate radio in sight. And Arr. here we are. Arr. Arr, pirate. And we've even got, uh, oh, it's a... Can you can you make that full screen there, uh, dude? Uh, Randall uh, spinning the dials there behind the glass, um, and we've got the Facebook Live going. And you might notice if you're watching on Facebook Live, we even got the logo this week. Ooh. Now we got to get rid of that background. I feel like I'm in Wrigley Field when they when they put that up there. And I'm not a huge fan of the Cubs. I'm, I'm telling you right now, they are my nemesis. I I have a kind of mixed feelings about the Cubs. Um, basically I want them to go another 109 years, uh, before they get into the world series again. So, cause they had theirs, you know, you had your fun, let's move on with the world. So he's, we got all this Ivy up there. And so we got, we're going to send, uh, sonar a different background, uh, yeah. But we got the two camera deal, we, it, it, and the, the 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 logo that goes in and out. The Mike Novak show with Peggy Malecki. Then it goes to mm-hmm. the fifteen ninety WCG. I mean, it's like you're. It's like as I said before, like watching AM America on radio, on Facebook. So if you want to be part of this, go to Facebook. Just click on the Mike Novak show. Well, or you can go 
Have we shared it on the Mike Novak it's Show? It's shared on the Mike Novak Show. It's shared on my page. And it's shared on uh, 1590 WCGO. So any of those places you can. And, and what what's really cool about it is we get a lot of folks who listen and watch at the same time. And comment. That's and the comment. big thing. That is the big thing. They're really engaged in the show, and that's one of the things we really like about it. Now, have we gotten that part straightened out where we can actually see the comments? The yes. comments? Yes, and especially that's why I brought my my bigger laptop today. She brought the bigger... Ooh. Ooh. And good good morning to Nick, who's watching right now. See, we've already got folks there. Uh, so anybody pops on, we'll, we'll try to say hi. So I need to go to the show, probably refresh, so that we can see that. Uh, and I want to say we also have somebody else in studio today, uh, and that's... Uh, I. I heard she calls herself Ellie, but it's Alicia. Yes. Sanchez. Hi. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, we're excited to have you here. And uh, is, uh, do, do we formally call her an intern or do we just say, um, hey, somebody's helping with the show? <laughs> I, I She's yeah. lurking. I'm lurking. I'm yeah. a lurking intern. It kind of, it kind, okay, lurking is I'm good. Yeah. Intern. Ellie is going to be lurking here in the studio. Uh, it, you know, it kind of depends whether the IRS is listening. So uh, that's, <laughs> well, that's how no, we the figure. IRS, you know. And, uh, ah. Yeah. Ah. So, uh, well, welcome. And you just graduated? Yes. Loyola t- technically officially graduated in May of this year. Of last year. Of May of 2000. Oh, right. May of 2017. So it was that's last right. year. That was last, isn't that amazing? Last year. Uh, let, oh me be a, let that be a lesson to you, Ellie. That's how fast the years will go yeah. by from now on. Okay. <laughs> Now that you're out of school, soon you will find yourself with as much gray hair as I have, and uh, you will wonder where 30 years went. You will just say, Don't scare the poor woman. (laughs) (laughs) Why not? That's my job. That's my job. So uh, uh, welcome, and uh, and congratulations on your degree in environmental... uh, Environmental studies and sustainability. And uh, great people there. In fact, uh, we are going to be promoting and talking about... An event at um, McHenry County College featuring um, um, Nancy Tuckman from the Environmental Studies. She's going to be speaking there uh, in February, and mm-hmm. uh, that's something we'll be promoting. Uh, on today's show, however, uh, we are talking solar energy uh, in the first hour of the program with the Midwest Renewable Energy Association. Uh, and then in the second hour, uh, it's an annual event that uh, we uh, flip it over. Oh, it's a flip over thing! Wow, you did you you printed front and back. I'm really impressed. Not on purpose. The oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you told me because I wouldn't have found it. The ninth annual Martin Luther King Jr. Food Justice and Sustainability Weekend at KAM Isaiah Israel on the South Side of Chicago. Robert Neville makes his annual appearance on the show. It's a lot of stuff today. We hope you stick around the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. When even the Pope starts offering advice about how to mitigate climate change, you know that something is up. Pope Francis says that in order to heal the earth, we need scientific clarity, ethical guidance, spiritual engagement, and direct action. Are you ready to be engaged? No, the Pope isn't coming to town, but the McHenry County College Great Lakes Bioneer Speaker Series is. A couple of Loyola University Chicago professors will speak on The Path of Hope, Integral Ecology for Home and Hemisphere, on February 13th. Join Dr. Michael J. Shuck from the Department of Theology and Dr. Nancy Tuckman from the Institute of Sustainability as they explore the next steps in slowing the runaway train called climate change. 
All events are free and at 7 p.m. in the Looped Conference Center, 8900 U.S. Highway 14 in Crystal Lake, Illinois. Call 815-479-7765 or mchenry.edu slash green. It's time for Food Drive 2.0. The most popular form of giving in the U.S. is getting a makeover. And the Give Healthy movement and Amp Your Good are leading the way. It's now possible to donate fresh fruits and vegetables and other healthy foods to those facing hunger in our communities. Here's how it works. You visit the website of your food drive, pick out the healthy items you want to donate, and they do the rest. You get a tax receipt, folks get healthy food. Go to ampyourgood.org or givehealthy.org for details. DNR Services Unlimited has been serving the north and northwest suburbs since 1992. They can take care of those little problems that never get done. They perform complete bathroom, basement, and kitchen remodels. And if you're looking for a complete home makeover, they can handle that too. Visit their website at RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. That's RestoreTheNorthShore.com or give them a call at 847-998-1687. It'll be easy to find someone cheaper, but a lot harder to find someone better. This is your talk. One of the few true originals of our time. On 1590 WCGO, Evanston, Chicago. (laughs) That was called Cacophony. This is called My Sharona. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Uh, those of you watching on uh, Facebook Live, we, we were informed that the system crashed a second ago, but it's back up. So there might be uh, sporadic interruptions. Uh, we're not exactly sure, but uh, we will keep you posted on that. Uh, as I mentioned on today's show, the uh, the first uh, subject uh, today, today, this morning, is solar solar energy and we're happy to bring in members of the uh, oh they're building over on the other um was julie is that you oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i didn't realize i was on air yet uh yeah, that no i was see i was doing my elaborate introduction and then and while the elaborate introduction construction goes happened. on I, I yeah were you, were you were you building a solar panel there while we were doing that as a matter of fact, I was. Uh, okay. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, Julie <laughs> is uh, the Solar Technical Assistance Coordinator for the Midwest Renewable Energy Association, sometimes known as MREA. Uh, M-R-E-A. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we pronounce it MREA. MREA, okay. Yeah, no. MREA. <laughs> or, okay. or Mr. Ea. Uh, Mr. Ea. Yeah. Oh, I like that even better. Mr. Ea. M-R-E-A. Uh, mm-hmm. You can look it up, and they're on facebook and and online and and you can find out all that information um julie exactly what is a solar technical assistance coordinator well well uh, i wear a lot of hats but um a lot of what i do is part of the training program uh, our training programs team and so i work with with uh, my colleagues adam Mayer and jenny heinzen to um set up training to set up solar training we also do uh, wind training. We do uh, solar thermal training. And uh, we have online classes. But uh, what I'd like to talk to you about today is our um, – pardon me. Are you okay? You sound like you're on the – are you on the treadmill, too? You should get off the treadmill. <laughs> 
sorry. Actually, my home is under construction. Oh. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my goodness! I'm serious. <laughs> we're uh, not this morning, but uh, we're doing a remodel <laughs> right now. So. Um, <clears throat> excuse, please, please pardon me. No, that's um, that's all but, right because uh, you know. So what what you were doing is you were you were hauling lumber up the stairs before you got on the phone with me. Okay. Uh, by the way, yeah. how do, how do you pronounce your last name, Julie? It's Brazo. Brazo. Brazo, yes. Brazo. Like Eau Claire. E-A-U is like Eau Claire. So. Uh, well, no, I knew that part. I didn't know whether it was Brazo or Brazo. Bra- yes. Or, or Brazo. Okay. It's French. Uh, <laughs> My oui. husband has a French name. Mais oui. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so there's Julie, and uh, you were telling us what uh, what you're going to do there, but we also have a couple of... Uh, of of other guys, Two of our instructors. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'll tell you what, uh, Clay Sterling and Alex Jarvis are are with us as well. Hey guys, uh, hey. good morning. Hey uh, Mike, good morning. How you doing? All right. Uh, we'll get to you in just a second. But uh, uh, Julie started mentioning uh, the uh, the ins- the uh, the courses that you have. So why don't we start with that? Uh, what kind of courses you do, and then we'll get into the specifics uh, that Clay and Alex are involved in. So, Julie, take it away. Great. Thank you. Yes. Um, yes, and if people do want to learn more about the, the MREA, they can find us at uh, midwestrenew.org is our, our website. But, yes, we do, um, we do online classes throughout the year, and we do some classes on site up here in Custer, Wisconsin, which is in central Wisconsin. Um, and those courses are, are basically our lab courses. But we also do training academies around the Midwest. And this year we're running five academies. <clears throat> we have one in Minneapolis that is actually running this weekend, beginning this weekend. Uh, one in, in Milwaukee. We are running one in Dubuque, Iowa, which will begin on the 27th. And then the two in Illinois are in Champaign and in Normal. Illinois. Do you nor- normally do that many courses? We do. We have been running the solar academies every winter, and winter seems to be a good time to do it. A lot of people have a little bit more time on their hands, and we run the courses on the weekend. So we run it one weekend per month for three months. So students can come in and take the classes, um, kind of immerse themselves in the training for two days. They can go home, and for the next three or two or three weeks, they can really just go over the material again. <clears throat> they come back a month later. But I'll, but I'll tell you next. something. You say students. I'm betting there's people that are that are older than college age who want mm-hmm. to take Absolutely. these courses, which is why Absolutely. I asked your your person as we were going back and forth about having you guys on the show. Why aren't you doing this in Chicago? It seems like, hey, um, there's 12 million people in the area. Might, <laughs> yes, might that be a good to. idea? It would be a wonderful idea, and we would love to do one in Chicago uh, or several in Chicago, and we may run more of them later this year. Traditionally, we've run them in January, but um, because of the demand that we're going to see in Illinois with, um, you know, with the FIJA bill and and there's going to be a, a big all right now 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 no, stop stop don't okay. go <laughs> don't go throwing acronyms at us okay <laughs> fija nobody knows what fija is okay. you, you have to okay. explain that okay um fija is the future energy jobs act and it was passed about a year ago um i believe the first of the year 2017 and so it's it has been moving through um you know through various channels to um, become, uh, you know, to, to get 
uh, facilitated, you know, to, to actually become part of the, um, the Iowa, or, excuse me, Illinois legislation. It, it, it is, is legislated. Yeah, um, yeah, and, 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 I, and I will stop you for a second there uh, because it was a big deal in Illinois. It is, it's a very big deal. It is because it's, it's setting certain um, uh, targets for clean energy use in Illinois uh, by 2030, and um, it was years in the making uh, with industry and environmental groups and legislators uh, hunkering down and getting this passed. And it finally got passed in 2016 because uh, a lot of lot of elements of, of clean energy uh, had been blocked up in mm-hmm. Illinois and we couldn't we couldn't move forward. And then the bill got passed. It got signed by Governor Rauner, I believe, in December of 2016. And became law uh, June of 2017. So here we are, heading into 2018, and this is the year. I was I saw a quote from uh, oh, and I'm now I'm going to blank totally on her name from the Illinois Energy uh, Association. Probably Leslie McCain. Leslie, Leslie McCain. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah. About she says this is going to be a, a big deal this year that the floodgates are now open, and so this is why you guys are out there. Uh, teaching people. I mean, you've done it in the past. You've been doing it since 1990. Um, yes, and, and actually we've run the academies in normals for the last four years. This will be our, our fifth year down there. So uh, so you've been teaching people a long time, but this year I guess you're, you're sort of uh, ramping up, aren't you? Yes. Yes, actually we're running the two academies now in Illinois. And, and I just want to say to, um, uh, you know, we all owe a debt of gratitude to Leslie McCain and ICEA and all of the people who did the hard work behind the scenes to get FIJA passed. So um, I just want to mention that. Too. Yeah, and of course, uh, again, it's the Future Energy Jobs Act, and some, and and people are going to start calling it FIJA, and then folks' uh, eyes are going to glaze over, and they're going to okay, wonder sorry. what. No, 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 I'm not. I'm not now. Now, yeah. no, now we we explained what it is, so it's okay. You get to use Thank the acronym you. now. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Mike. So, no, yeah. no problem. You have my permission. You have my imprimatur. Um, <laughs> uh, so uh, let's get to our uh, instructors there. Uh, Clay Sterling, who is an assistant professor for renewable energy technology at Kankakee Community College, an MREA instructor. Alex Jarvis is president of Solar Systems Indiana, which designs and installs both grid-tied uh, grid and battery-based systems. And I want to get into batteries a little bit. Uh, too, because I was doing a little research on it. But let's uh, let's start with you, Clay. Um, uh, where are you going to be teaching? You're doing the one in Normal, right? Yeah. Hi, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'll be teaching the class over in Normal, Illinois, at Heartland Community College. Uh, and all of these classes are how many weeks long? Uh, there's three sections. There's uh, a weekend in January, February, and March for a total of what two, four, six, six days and right. around 32 hours of training. Mm-hmm. Right, so you do uh, forty-eight you, hours. Mm-hmm. Forty-eight hours. I'm tr- sorry. I'm sorry. Thirty-eight hours. Thirty-eight <laughs> hours. Me. Okay. Nearly forty. Uh, yeah, and they're back-to-back days on weekends in January, February, and and March, and then you have uh, instruction, or rather, a, a test that they have to to pass, right? Yeah. So all this training. So we're going to start from the beginning, very beginning basics, and work all the way up to system design and the. The uh, the conclusion of the class is to sit for the uh, North American Board of Certified Energy Practitioners Associate Level Certification Exam, which is 
uh, NABSAP, or the North American Board of Certified Energy Practitioner, they're the, like the gold standard, the, mm-hmm. the people that measure the competency of, of uh, solar installers to make sure that this stuff is putting, being put in correctly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, <laughs> that would help, wouldn't it, uh, yeah. to, to have it put in correctly? Because, uh, you know, here we, here we just passed this big law in Illinois. We don't want it to get a bad reputation uh, yeah. at this point. So for people who are trained as installers, are they typically all, I'll use the acronym NABSEP, certified, or are there some installers out there who don't receive certification? Um, there's a lot of people uh, working in the, in the industry. The majority of the people uh, that are project managers or um, inspectors or designers are uh, uh, NABSEP certified. Mm-hmm. And that has to, in the driving force is that, um, uh, especially on big jobs, is that uh, it's part of the contract. We we want or need people who are going to supervise the work that are certified and have demonstrated some sort of competency in renewable energy, in solar electric energy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's electricity, but it's a little bit different, and so you need to know the, the right. background of, of the uh, the ins and outs of the uh, solar electric. Well, well speaking of background, and, and let me uh, address this to Alex, um, from what I read, you don't need to have done this in the past to take this course and be certified. What do you need to have in your background to take the course, Alex? Well, in my experience, Mike, I believe you need to have a, a passion for renewable energy, a passion for, you know, working in this field. I think it's a, a growing field. I think one of the things that most people who are successful uh, have demonstrated is, you know, a positive attitude, regardless of age or background or if you're, you know, mechanically inclined or if you're more, you know, uh, on a kind of uh, side of uh, the technical side. Uh, you just have to be positive-minded and have a, a great outlook. Uh, sunny, you know, sunny disposition goes a long way in the field. <laughs> I think because that, we um, need sun to, to make these pol- solar panels work, right? Yes, yeah. yes. And I think my background, I from where I started, I had more of a you know, you know background in procurement and materials management. I just did a you know career shift into this field because I think. It's a growing field. You know, one out of five jobs now is in the renewable energy field. Uh-huh. So this is a growing field in employment and economic development. And I think people who are happy to, excited to work in this field, just like whatever career path you take, you know, if you're uh, positive and, and good uh, with people and communicating with people, you're going to be successful. Um, so I think there's no, you know, secret formula to being successful. I think it's just, you know, being positive and having uh, a great uh, uh, passion for this field and a lot of the technical parts, a lot of the things you can work through. Uh, I think, you know, more than more than anything is just to be uh, able to work with people in, in, a, in a positive yeah, manner. Okay, really. I understand the positive attitude, but you're also dealing with uh, um, hot wires and, and neutral wires and cold mm-hmm. wires and ground wires and, and that sort of thing. Why why don't you need an electrician's background for this? Uh, anybody oh. can jump in uh, about this. Oh, cer- oh, certainly electrical background would definitely help. I, I, you know, I don't mean to take that lightly. Um, that will serve you well when dealing with uh, schematics, when dealing with, uh, you know, uh, electrical energy mm-hmm. and and. Uh, dealing with uh, you know the, the energy that's being provided, uh, it definitely is can be 
uh, you know, quite electrically uh, geared. But I think I was just trying to make the point that, um, you know, I think if you're willing and able to do this, that um, that, that that you should be successful. Um, I just want want people to feel like, you know, I can't do this because I'm not an electrician. Yeah, you're not. Um, well, well, that and that, and that was my point too. Is that uh, uh, wanted to talk about what are the qualifications from this uh, uh, for this, and 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 what can folks expect to learn? Well, we'll hang on, all three of you. Uh, that's uh, Julie Brazo uh, from the Midwest Renewable Energy Association, uh, as well as Clay Sterling and Alex Jarvis. They are instructors for a, a series of courses coming up that will teach you if you're interested. Uh, in learning how to install uh, solar systems. Uh, it's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be back to them in a second. Uh, if you're a regular listener to this program, God bless you. I mean, sorry. <laughs> what I meant to say was that if you're a regular listener to this program, you recognize the name Lisa Hilgenberg. She's the horticulturist for the Regenstein Fruit and Vegetable Garden at the Chicago Botanic Garden, and she often appears on this show. In the January-February issue of Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, my editor and nemesis, Carolyn Ulrich, interviews her about some pretty cool vegetables she grew last year that came out of the All-America Selections plant trials. They include plants like Conan kohlrabi. Uh, no mention of whether it's Conan O'Brien or Conan the bar- Barbarian kohlrabi. And uh, speaking of barbaric, there's also my column on Uh-oh. the inside back page of every issue. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine is a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. Go to chicagolandgardening.com. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 888-265-3600. By the way, 847-475-1590 is our number if you want to call. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Eco Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color perms and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne keratin smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at OrganicRootsEcoSalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty, you no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. It might be winter, but you can still visit farmers markets hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. 
A good day's gardening can sometimes be a bad day for your muscles and joints. Dr. Bonnie Flaster is a chiropractor who uses gentle, non-force adjustments to relieve pain. With 29 years of experience, she relies on a variety of treatments, including low-level laser, acupuncture, and gentle chiropractic. Visit her at River North Wellness Center and find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. I'm Mike Jackson, host of Mike Jackson Outdoors Radio, Sunday mornings, 7 to 9 a.m. here on 1590 WCGO. Wow, a skip. That was weird. I was going to say, that's a different version. That was. And that was that's a that's an audio file. That's not my little CD, so I don't know what didn't, was going Didn't she do that specially for the show? I think she did. I think she added that in there. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We're sitting in Tom's Diner uh, installing sol- solar panels. Uh, and uh, because uh, Tom is trying to go into the 21st century, why not? Um, in fact, we should probably go down that road a little bit. I'm not sure who wants to uh, address the issue, but with uh, the new law having gone into effect in 2017 in Illinois, that kind of puts us in the forefront. I know from the articles I read and from the people I've talked to, uh, Lisa Albrecht is a friend of mine, as um, uh, our number of people who are, are with the um, and uh, the uh, ISEA, uh, a lot of folks are looking at Illinois, aren't they, to see how things are going to work out. And you guys at the Midwest Renewable Energy Association have been in the forefront of, uh, of solar energy for a while. What do you, what do you think is going to happen uh, in, in Illinois in terms of the, the production of solar energy? And, and uh, who, who wants to start there? Oh, I'll take that, Mike. Um, That's Clay, right? Yeah, this is Clay. Um, nationally, we've been seeing uh, a huge reduction of traditional fossil fuel-based uh, energy production, electrical generation, and that's being replaced by renewables, whether that be tidal or solar or wind or what have you, biomass. And so solar is going to be uh, a large part of that, a, 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 lion, you know, a growing part of that. And this is going to be people installing it, people maintaining it, and people maintaining the infrastructure. So this is uh, jobs that are going to be around for a long time within a community. And uh, traditionally, the solar uh, industry has been growing uh, in employment uh, about 25% per year, and and that's been holding pretty true. It's one of the fastest and and steadiest growing markets Mm -hmm. in the United States currently. You know, uh, you mentioned... uh about uh, solar energy, uh, one of the things you need to realize, folks need to realize, is that more than half of the coal plants in the United States have closed since 2010. So right. anybody who's uh, making pronouncements about how coal is making a big comeback, it's coming back, folks, uh, that's not happening. Uh, that's that's just not happening. Now, uh, there is some, uh, there's there's talk about the grid and how, uh, in fact, uh, there are a couple of decisions going to be made by the current administration mm-hmm. this month regarding one is regarding uh, tariffs on solar panels coming from China. Uh, are you guys aware of that, and how will that affect you? Yeah, um, Alex, can you speak to that? Yeah, the the tariff is looming. They have not made any decisions on that. I think it would be if they decide to put a tariff on the 
uh, the imports. I think it would have an effect, a negative effect, in regards it would increase uh, mechanical and equipment costs. Um, so that could slow the in, uh, installation of uh, the uh, projects and slow some of the projects down. I don't know. I think it's interesting, Tariff, that the companies that, uh, that introduce that are both out of business, and so it's, I don't know. It's kind of an empty-handed plea at this point, um, but I think most people in, in the, within the industry do, do not want to see the tariff. They believe it's going to slow down the implementation of the technology. Well, it's kind um, of it's, yeah. it's kind of a mixed blessing, isn't it? I mean, if if uh, the tariff is to try to spur uh, construction of solar panels in the United States, is what I would assume. Well, it was it was using U.S. made solar panels as opposed to Chinese made. Right, same thing, I think. Uh, but the idea is. Uh, if but it but it slows down if you can't get access to solar panels right away it's going to slow down installation right potentially yeah that's what we don't know but that's what you know some of the people are, are seeing that as a potential outcome for sure when we talk about American jobs you know manufacturing is another aspect of solar that mm-hmm. of course we do want to keep those jobs you know if we can it, manufacturing solar panels is, is you know that's another important part of it. Um, and if I can just go back a little bit, um, Clay mentioned earlier the jobs, you know, the, the maintaining these, these solar farms, you know, the very large-scale systems. Um, you know, there, there are jobs in installation, and that's, that's basically kind of the jumping-in point for our training academies. Um, but there are also a lot of jobs in sales. Um, I'm, I'm kind of going back to the point you made, Mike, about do you need to be an electrician to do this job? And um, certainly an electrician has to be involved in the installation. But, um, you know, there are jobs in sales that you don't, you probably may, will never pick up a wrench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's important. And education. Solar is such a new industry that um, you can almost jump into it at any, anywhere and um, take it where you want it, take it. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think what Alex, Alex's point about needing to have a passion for it, that that really is the, the biggest, uh, the most important factor for somebody coming into the industry, I think that's very true. And, you know, if you have that passion, you're good, there's a steep learning curve, and you'll need to learn a lot. And, you know, the good news for everybody, even those entering the, the market today, is that this market is changing rapidly. So um, it's not a static set of, of information that you're going to learn. You need to be willing to keep learning and keep up with the industry. Okay, I, I guess we uh, are we getting some questions Yeah, online? we have a couple of questions. Um, Olga's asking, what's the cost of the course? And I guess I would extend on that. It, what, what's a typical investment for someone who wants to get into the solar field between courses and certifications? Yes. Um, the Solar Training Academy, and that is the three weekends, um, that's $1,800, and that includes six days of instruction. It includes that NABSEP, the, the North American Board of Certified Energy Practitioners, um, that exam that you take at the end. Um, and it also, um, it, it, so, so that's all included. Um, it includes your textbook. It includes, um, and there's a textbook for part of the class. So, um, and it includes, you know, those, those six days in class. Um, and I think, you know, that is a really good, 
I think that probably is a good benchmark kind of figure mm-hmm. uh, for somebody who's looking to get into the industry. Um, and to be honest, there are a lot of solar installers out there who are hiring people who have had no training. Um, it's a big advantage to have had the training. Yeah. Um, you know, nationally, installers are finding that there just aren't a lot of people who have been trained. So, you know, they're looking for somebody maybe with a construction background or, um, you know, any any roofing or any kind of an interest even. Um, so any kind of training is going to be a big advantage to those who are looking for jobs. I would imagine it could bring some higher salaries and, and perhaps some managerial opportunities yes, as well. And, and and opportunities for promotion. You know, if you can come in with, with that, um, your employer is going to be looking very would be very pleased with mm-hmm. you <laughs> to do, do you start want to... with and if, you know of course you need to perform on the job you need to you know show your employer that you're you know that you do have that passion and that you're willing to work and that you're willing to continue to learn about the industry how how many chances do you get at passing that test um actually mrea <clears throat> the mrea so far has had about a 95 percent pass rate so wow. we've had very, very nice. good luck. Good. Uh, well, <laughs> it's not luck. No, it's not. It's, it's your <laughs> it's teaching training. skills. Uh, and we're proud of our pass rate. Um, and you can continue to take the exam. I believe it's $180 each time you take it. So right now that cost is wrapped into the cost of the academy. But if you have to take it again, that would be on your own dime. It's kind of like uh, trying to be a lawyer, right? You just you just yeah. take the bar exam <laughs> yeah. until you get through it, uh, yeah. and uh, the payoff I I would imagine is could be immediate given that the solar industry is expanding in Illinois. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I wanted to get to that statistic. The Future Energy Jobs Act calls for the installation of about 2,700 megawatts of solar in Illinois by 2030. Now, if you're wondering, well, what does that mean, 2,700 megawatts? Well, uh, the current is 75. Okay, yeah. so so we're going from yeah. seven, 75 megawatts to 2,700. So that means that that industry is just opening up like crazy. Uh, and uh, this might be a chance for our folks well, especially young folks, because you you are teaching this in in a couple of college towns, and and again, I'm I'm hoping you bring it to uh, Chicago mm-hmm. as soon as possible, because there's plenty of colleges around here. Uh, and we would love to do that. Uh, can I just just put in a quick plug? You know, um, we we would offer the academy in Chicago. We're looking for a location to do that that we can um, come in on weekends, and uh, we'd be thrilled to do that. So. Um, so Hopefully, all you colleges, the next time we talk to you, Mike. We will have one uh, one available. <laughs> there we go. Uh, you know, how about Loyola, Ellie? Uh, yeah, maybe Loyola has a really intense and thorough uh, sustainability program, and they also like to focus a lot on different types of renewable renewable energy, such as biofuel. So I think that's something that is definitely worth looking into. So uh, we will get our. Uh, our, our our contacts out there working on mm-hmm. it. all right we just we've just got a, a couple a couple of minutes here so folks want to get involved they want to take the course uh if you're going to do it in normal or in champagne obviously you're going to have to find a way to spend a, an overnight uh down there probably uh on a saturday and a sunday but it's only for three times in the next uh several months uh where do folks go I'm just um, the website. I'm sorry. Uh, the, are you asking? 
You, Julie, that's fine. I'm not quite sure. I'm not sure of the question here, Mike. You're asking, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Just how do they, how do they how do they sign up? Oh yes, um, a registration page, um, and people can sign up online um, if you go to the MidwestRenew.org website. Um, you can um, on our on our landing page, our homepage, under the training tab. If you just hover over the training tab link, you'll see Solar Training Academies listed. Mm-hmm. And those, those academies are listed for um, all of our five locations. Just go to the one that you're interested in, either Normal or Champaign. Or some of your, some of your listeners might be interested in the Dubuque. Or Milwaukee. Um, or Milwaukee, right? Or Milwaukee. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, cause so, um, or um, if, you know, if you're, if, if, you can also just call the MREA. And our phone number is area code 715-592-6595, and we're, we're there every day. So um, you can call, and we'd be happy to get you set up That's with great. registration. And, and I have all that information also on our website. Uh, sorry to stump you there. I was just giving you the opportunity <laughs> to... I thought you were asking about where to stay in normal. <laughs> no, 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 no. There's, there's a quality inn down the road. Okay. Thanks, guys, <laughs> yeah, for being on the show. We... More solar. Uh, We need it. Talk to you later. Hey, this is Peggy. When I speak at local events, people often ask me, aren't you the Peggy in Natural Awakenings ads? And that makes me happy because it reminds me that Chicagoans want to lead healthier lives. And Natural Awakenings magazine helps them do just that. Natural Awakenings is the greenest, healthiest magazine in the Chicago area. Each month, we bring you the latest information about health and wellness, complementary medicine, fitness and exercise, raising healthy kids, and even keeping your pets healthy. You'll find articles about healthy homes, too, including gardening, energy efficiency, and green living. And if you love good food, you'll always find tasty recipes and healthy cooking hints. Check out our monthly calendar. It's full of events to keep you connected. Natural Awakenings is available in more than 1,100 locations throughout the city, as well as suburban Cook, Lake, and McHenry counties. And it's free. Or visit us at nachicago.com. Natural Awakenings. Feel good. Live simply. Laugh more. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, Mike at MikeNovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at MikeNovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at MikeNovak.net. Being a meteorologist, you see things daily that can be related or not related to climate change. And then you separate that from the climate science and the social policy. So it's almost like teaching three classes. The meteorology, which is short-term, the climate, which is long-term, and then the policy, which is government, whether or not it's federal, state, or local. I'm meteorologist Rick DeMaio. Stick around for some more insight into weather and climate on WCGO 1590, Chicago's Smart Talk. Hi, this is Bill from Playtime with Sid and Bill featuring Carrie Kendall. One to three every Sunday right here on 1590 WCGO. In my shoes, my toes are busted. My kitchen says my bread is molded. I got a good job at the dollar store. 
Hey, that's where I work, too. <laughs> okay, cool. Welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Blecky. Ah, uh, this is hilarious. You got to go to uh, Facebook Live and see us here because now we're out in the woods. And it's green. <laughs> oh, yay. It's not snowing anymore. Yeah, and, so if your uh, eyes need some green, definitely look uh, on Facebook. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, that's changing today. We'll have... Um, We'll have a, a a kind of a forecast. We got uh, okay. I I have to to say that Rick DeMaio is not here today, and I know that a lot of folks tune in just to hear meteorologist Rick DeMaio, and so you know that sound you're hearing is people turning their dials all over the Chicago area <laughs> right now. Um, but you know, transparency. Uh, that's what we're all about here. And uh, he's but, on an airplane. Uh, yeah, but our our friend Patrick Sketch. Um, I, I don't have his title right in front of me, uh, but he is uh, substituted for Rick, and he's a, an observer, and he uh, is a stats guy, and he sent us a, a bunch of stuff. And so uh, in the uh, the last segment of the 10 o'clock hour, we will talk about some of the stats that uh, Patrick Sketch sent us. And I, and I will note that up until, you know, the last few days, uh, the forecast has been, yeah, we're going to get snow on Sunday, and then things are going to get warmer. Well, it looks like... The snow part of that is not going to happen really very much. I mean, there's a dusting Mm -hmm. uh, when I was coming. And I mean like the barest dusting, like uh, like you you would put powdered sugar on a kolachki, basically. Uh, Not even that much. Uh, It's either that or just a salt cloud behind your car. Exactly. Uh, So they'll, yeah, the salt and the salt uh, trucks will be out and uh, for nothing. Uh, But there's no, there's really not, that's not going on. And apparently by Thursday... Wednesday or Thursday, we're going to be in the 40s. Holy smoke! And getting some rain. And getting rain. So, this is this is whatever that is. Uh, our climate is these days. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malucky. And like I said, if if you go, oh look at that. And then there's uh, now which one's the live one? The left one? The or right the, one? The right one? Oh, because he had me on uh, um, singled out there. But uh, yeah, look uh, look at us in the woods there. But in the second hour of today's show, very, very excited to have uh, Robert Neville, who I saw just walked in the building over there, and he will be here shortly uh, because next week is the KAM Isaiah Israel's ninth annual Food Justice and Sustainability Program, um, and uh, we will be talking about that, and I hope that folks uh, have a chance to go down there and, and, uh, and be part of it. Uh, one of the things uh, we've been we're always posting things at the Mike Novak show on Facebook. Uh, and there's a couple that that got posted. Uh, Peggy, you put one up yesterday. Uh, did you put that one up or did you just send it to me? I can't. Which I, uh, I don't know because I got to go find it. Um, there was the one I put up last night about the 15,000 scientists. And I think there was one before that, if I could get the thing to load. Sorry. Yeah, we've got the 15,000 scientists. Um, At the bottom of the ocean. What's that? Uh, that's It's a bad joke. No. Uh, of course, my now that I wanted to, my, my program won't load at all. Okay, oh, let me go. Let I me, didn't see the tomatoes one. Uh, well, that was, that was uh, Kathleen put that up there from our friend Harry Klee at uh, the University of Florida. They posted about uh, their the various tomatoes that they've been putting. Uh, can, can we get new seeds now? I'm hoping. Well, I think you you can order them. You know, you can certainly write to them and they'll send you seeds. Um, 
Dr. Harry Klee, who's been on the show a couple of times, mm-hmm. uh, created this tomato called the Garden Gem. And this is the seed time of year. This is when folks uh, start getting their catalogs. We actually need to talk about that on the show really, really soon. Maybe we'll get Lisa Hilkenberg in yeah. here from the Chicago Botanic Garden to do that. Maybe uh, that guy standing in the hall lurking <laughs> will, uh, will, will do that. He's too. walking back out. Don't let him, don't, don't let him in. Um, and, I know. It's like all the catalogs come in. It's like, ooh. But Harry, Harry Klee at the University of Florida came up with these. Um, he's been trying to create the perfect tomato. And these are hybrids, folks. These are not heirlooms. Okay, but what he does is he's been taking heirlooms, the best heirloom varieties and and hybridizing them and trying to come up with a perfect tomato that tastes good, looks great and will ship readily and is prolific and grows easily. And he's come up with several and I've grown a couple of them and I'm stunned. Mm -hmm. They're wonderful. Not only are they prolific and and the new taste good, they taste good. (laughs) It's just amazing. Um, and I know that there's a lot of purists out there who say, no, no, you got to grow the, uh, the heirlooms. If you're not growing heirlooms, you're whatever, you're a traitor to the cause, I guess. I don't know. Well, if somebody comes up with a good tomato and we've been doing that for, for a hundred years, trying to come mm-hmm. up with the best tomatoes and, uh, and actually more than a hundred years. I mean, it's been going on uh, since, uh, people have been growing tomatoes and eating them. Although it took, uh, uh, until the middle ages where we realized tomatoes wouldn't poison us. But uh, he has come up with a couple of varieties that are just uh, fabulous. And you can go to their Facebook page, which is Garden Gem Tomatoes on Facebook, if you, uh, if you log in there. And I think the, if you go to the website uh, from there, you will find out how you can order those yeah. tomatoes and grow some of them. And, uh, and the reason why I was asking, why I said, can we get them again? Because he was out. They, they were not selling seeds in the fall so it looks they were like out all right so maybe they've so it looks like the 2018s are up yeah so yeah. maybe you need to do it quickly now i still have seeds left over from two years ago uh when he sent them to me and i the first year i planted them and then the next year i planted uh, last year planted them and they came up great and i'm betting those seeds are still viable so i'm probably just going to slam yeah. those in i had such good success with them but again as you know with a hybrid the seed you get from the hybrid is not the seed you plant in. The, I mean, you don't save that seed and plant it in the ground mm-hmm. because you won't get the true form. Uh, this is why the, uh, we have heirlooms, because an heirloom tomato um, is, I'm, I'm sorry, open-pollinated tomato, not an heirloom. Uh, they're not the same exactly. Uh, open-pollinated uh, tomato, you can get the seed and plant it again year after year after year, saving it. You can't do that with an F1 hybrid. But I'm telling you, these are good tomatoes. These are really, really good tomatoes. Uh, The other thing, uh, I guess you didn't post the other thing. That's what um, um, the story you sent. What was the story? You don't remember the story you sent me yesterday. Uh, Well, one of the ones I sent you yesterday was 2017 was the second hottest year. That's the one. Yeah. We didn't get that up. We need to get that up there. Uh and uh so there's a new report it just came out thursday um out of oslo the european union the copernicus climate change service said temperatures averaged 14.7 degrees celsius at the earth's surface above pre-industrial times it was the second hottest year on record 
um, and the hottest year in a non-El Nino year. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part. I mean, and Rick would have a lot to say about that if he were here today, but he's at the American Meteorological Society hobnobbing with his fellow meteorologists. Uh, and I'm actually very interested to hear what the, they're going to have to say. But that is really kind of interesting that in an El, non-El Nino year, we had such high temperatures. And, um, and the quote that's in here it's striking that 16 of the 17 warmest years have all been in this century. Wow. Uh, yeah, but don't worry. The, uh, the, the, the earth is not heating up. Um, I, I was told that on Facebook the other week. Somebody said yeah. that it's not really happening. So Yeah, uh, and, and everybody in charge is... And as a matter of fact, there's 15,000 scientists who, uh, who issued a warning uh, uh, very recently, um, you know, based on something they did 25 years ago. Uh, and they, you know, when they said the earth was uh, in peril 25 years ago and they looked around and said, hey, we really haven't done anything about it and things are worse now. I don't know what to tell you. As, you get 15,000 scientists telling you that and then we get the one guy in the White House yeah. who says he's a stable genius. Okay. And as Bill Nye said, if you think the earth's flat, go take a photo and post it to Facebook. I love that. Go to the edge <laughs> of the earth and take a photo. We want to see it. All right. Second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki coming up. We hope you're part of it. Captain's log, stardate 42326.1. The Enterprise is under attack by an apparently hostile life form. Mr. Wolf, status report. Inexplicable, Captain. They appear to be perambulating vegetables. We are being stalked by stalks of asparagus. That is incorrect, Mr. Wolf. Asparagus officinalis, or killer asparagus, was the subject of a very popular 21st century tome by the brilliant author Mike Novak. Mike Novak. I'm familiar with his work. Mike Novak was one of the smartest, funniest people in the horticultural world of the 21st century. Sound red alert. Shields up. Tell me more, Mr. Data. He has been variously compared to Mark Twain, Dave Barry, and Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe, author of my favorite children's stories. Captain, I am attempting to access a copy of the masterpiece. Hmm, it seems to be available online at AroundTheBlockPress.com. 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 Yes, Mr. Watt. Yes, Captain. AroundTheBlockPress.com. How many times can I say it? Welcome to the second hour of the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Call us with your questions and comments at 847-475-1590. Here they are again, Peggy Malecki and Mike Novak. All I need is good food to eat and make me healthy, wealthy, wide awake. Lettuce, tomatoes, root and bacon. What about those sweet potatoes? All I need is good food to eat. All I need is good food to eat. Yeah. All I need is good tools to make me music. Welcome. Are we on? Oh, there we go. There we go. Waiting for hour two to come up, Just wait. Just wait. No. Hey, that's our new uh, intro. Thanks to uh, Mike Machowski for putting uh, together a good uh, food to eat second hour intro for the Mike Novak show. He gets show. a ding. He, he definitely gets a ding. And uh, the person who does not get a ding is uh, Mark Zuckerberg. He gets the... <laughs> Happy anniversary. All Happy right. anniversary. Uh, welcome back. And uh, we're very pleased to have in the studio early in the second hour here uh, an old buddy of mine who's... is it. it have we really done this nine years in a row? Uh, I think we started in uh, 1871. I think so. Okay. That's uh, Robert Neville, 
uh, who is an architect himself, but he's also uh, with KAM Isaiah Israel on the Chicago South Side. And, and Robert, just so you have this information. Okay, here, let's see here. Uh, okay, hold on. Uh, I'm scrolling down. We're, we're setting up. Uh, there we go. Once I put that up there, then we have uh, the information Perfect. about the uh, MLK, ninth Annual MLK Food Justice and Sustainability Weekend at KAM Isaiah Israel uh, across the street from uh, Barack Obama. Is he selling the house? Do you know? Uh, it, not. There's no sign out in front right now. Oh, <laughs> I don't think Barack Obama yeah. would have Might to. Might be at properties or something. I yeah. don't think he would have to put a for sale sign up there. I think he just... He picks up, uh, he just lets the word out amongst his uh, friends and, uh, you know, whoever can pony up a couple mil to, to drop down on a house in Hyde Park across from KAM. Um, but that would be better for you guys because probably at that point you stop having the street blocked off and stop having <laughs> Secret Service escort people into the building and that sort of thing. I mean, that's the the, the best thing about. Now, well, one of the funniest things about being associated with you guys on the south side there has been the Secret Service. Uh, and when you come down there, the guys, they're in their little SUV and they're, you know, they're, they're there. They don't, they don't make any bones about it and they watch you. And if you, well, basically they, they leave you alone. Uh, unless you do something weird and then they're going to get out and kind of solder over and say, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? What's going on here? Uh, and and my the funniest stories you told me, Robert, are about the people who they you know they don't want you taking photographs of Obama's at least when he was president. That's right. They, I think it's probably a little more lax now. Much more so. Yeah. I think I'm going to go down there and take a photo tomorrow. Uh, but at the time, they didn't want folks taking photos of the house uh, for obvious reasons. And then folks would they'd go, okay, great. And then they would come down the alley as if the Secret Service couldn't figure that out. Hey, pull, hey, dudes. I'm going to pull a fast one over. Oh, yeah. Service. Hey, guess what? We'll go in the alley and we'll we'll, we'll take a photograph there. And Nobody the will see. No one will be the wiser. Be real quiet. <laughs> yeah. Be very, very quiet. We're taking photographs. Uh, <laughs> so. yeah, no end to the hubris of the, the average tourist. Uh, you got to love it, though. It's, it's pretty funny. So uh, you've coexisted there. And it's almost in the same, well, it has been exactly kind of in the same stretch, is KM Isaiah Israel got interested in food justice. Uh, you, you started ripping out lawn and putting in vegetable gardens. Uh, and on both sides of the congregation there of the temple. Um, uh, and, and what are the, the cross streets there? So it's at Greenwood and Hyde Park Boulevard. Right. So, uh, right. you know, you had Greenwood, you had the vegetable garden. Uh, and, of course, because Robert's involved and he's an architect, nothing is done haphazardly. There's no such thing as uh, just throwing seeds down somewhere. Robert says, no, 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 no. <laughs> we're, we've got a design here. and we're Even along the Hyde Park Boulevard side where they... Uh, you you grew tomato. You've grown tomatoes there. I hope you don't grow them in the same place each year. No, good certainly not. Good. <clears throat> yeah. Um, they. But the, when I came down there, you had the architecture of the trellises matching the architecture of the windows. Yes. Good God, man. Wow. Well, there there there's, there is a there is a reason for that madness, uh, and I will explain that. Before, but as I like to do when I'm on this show, now having been on it for nine years, is to remind your audience 
Right. To remind your audience of, of what a great supporter you are, not only of our work, but of the Echo and Food Justice Movement. So that needs to be recognized every year, Mike, and Peggy, you as well, the support of this work, without which nothing. So we thank you for that. And I also want to say quickly, before we go on, uh, I'd like to uh, say happy anniversary early, a week early to my parents, their 71st anniversary. Wow. wow. Holy Happy smoke. anniversary. Right. Extraordinary people. It is. And from whom I have learned virtually all of what we, what we do in this food and eco justice program at KMIZ Israel. The reason for the ornamental food producing gardens, there is a long history and landscape architecture of ornamental food producing gardens. The food we grow is not ornamental, but the configuration in which it's grown is ornamental. And that is in large part because of the neighborhood in which we started, across the street from the president's home yeah. in well-manicured lawns, mm-hmm. to demonstrate that you can grow food consistent with the context in which it's grown. And so, and that's something we, I'd like to talk about today, the, the larger context in which food is grown in an urban setting. But so the ornamental food-producing gardens, uh, to start with, uh, one in the shape of a Star of David and then one we built at St. Paul and the Redeemer, which was configured to match the floor plan of their church. All right, we're going to get into that with Robert Neville from KM Isaiah Israel. I hope you join the conversation, The Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. Have you ever walked into a hair salon and been overwhelmed by the smell of chemicals? Well, that's never going to happen at Organic Roots Ego Salon. They use only the safest, most natural professional hair products available to make sure you get great color results that last and won't harm the environment or you. Their salon products and services are free from ammonia, formaldehyde, and other toxins typically found in hair color, perms, and keratin smoothing treatments. Organic Roots also offers a complete menu of safe straightening treatments, including the non-toxic Magic Sleek and Cezanne Keratin Smoothing products that let you shampoo the same day. They even repurpose hair clippings, recycle product containers, and use LED lighting. Now that's green. Walk into 21st Century Hair Care for women and men at Organic Roots Eco Salon, 3417 Dempster in Skokie. Book your appointment at organicrootsecosalon.com or call 847-423-2653. Health and beauty. You no longer have to sacrifice one for the other. Are you ready to take your holiday giving to a new level? Get involved with the Give Healthy movement. Here's how it works. You visit the webpage of the drive you want to support. Pick out the food items you want to buy. They'll deliver them for you once the drive is over. You get a tax receipt. Folks get healthy food. Boom, done. They'll also work with your organization or food drive. Go to ampyourgood.org or givehealthy.org for details. Upper left. Upper left. Yep. Ah, this is cool. We're watching the uh, the sausage being made behind the scenes here uh, at uh, 1590 WCGO. Wouldn't that be more like the tomatoes being grown behind the scenes? Something like that. And we're going to get a little background. Oh, there it is. Oh, my goodness. If you go to Facebook Live and you see the three-camera shot, which is uh, what we have now up of our, our show, behind it is – we see, now this is what we need to do each week. We can customize this to our guests. That garden is the KAM Isaiah Israel Garden 
um, uh, on the south side in that's, Hyde Park. That's and the South 1080, right? The South what? 1080? The south 1080, yeah. Well, uh, okay. Is, is, that's it, what we call that area. Is that what Opposed you call it? Opposed to the South 40? Yeah. yeah, the South 1080. Uh, and that is, uh, what were you growing there in this uh, particular photograph? I think uh, in the foreground on the left would, would be peppers and okra, and the foreground on the right is the uh, early on tomatoes. Like some kale, uh, yeah, in the and background. you can see the 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 s- there's interplanting and uh, right, and it goes it runs along Hyde Park Boulevard about a, about uh, forty yards, about half a football field, and then just to the left, uh, right along the sidewalk, is a wall for pollinators. It's about uh, uh, about 160 feet long by 10 feet, and where the photographer is standing, so obviously not in that photograph, is the food the pair of pears food forest. <laughs> so if you can stand, if you stand right where the photographer is uh, was standing, and look to the west, you'll see a classic row crop setup, and you look to the east, and you would see a food forest. Two different ways to provide mm-hmm. food security in an urban setting. And and that's the thing you guys have been so successful at uh, at uh, at KAM is, is that is is introducing to people and, and and showing them how you do this, and it starts with the idea that you don't need a lawn. Uh, and one of the things I've realized over the last 15 years or so, um, and you're not the only person to point this out to me, is our religious institutions in this country have an opportunity here to show people how to grow food and to be part of this growing movement in uh, in the United States. Why? Because they have things like uh, land that they can convert. It's often just lawn, big old lawn. Um, They have congregations who can be engaged in the growing. They often have kitchens in basements, some of which haven't been used in 40 and 50 years because they don't know what to do with them anymore. Uh, This is the perfect setup for teaching their congregation how to grow food and how to preserve it. And and I think it's, I've heard variously that about 90% of food relief in this country takes place at or at houses of worship or organizations associated with it. So that to, to that point, most of our early recipients of the food that we grow were hot meal programs connected to houses of worship. And, and, and one of the things you have done, and I don't know if you're still doing it, is you've, you went out into the neighborhood and you showed different congregations – and it didn't have to be Jewish. They were all den- all kinds of denominations. Right. Okay, you've got space here. Let's figure out how to make it work and how we can grow stuff. Right. So in year one, we started growing food here at KMIZA Israel. We started taking the harvest to Kenwood United Church of Christ four blocks up mm-hmm. and uh, noticed early on that they had a tasty piece of lawn facing south that was being unused. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and and approached uh, Reverend Sanders there and asked him if we could transform that into a food-producing garden, and he said yes. Uh, that has been there eight years and probably has generated uh, somewhere around 6,000 pounds of food, which was prior to that just lawn. Uh, the the other idea about um, the connection of, of the uh, secular world with the uh, what I would say the sacred world with the profane world is uh, an article that uh, showed up in the New York Times December 22nd uh, last year, Dr. King's Interconnected World. People want to know at times why we think that, that food and eco justice is a social justice program and what does it have to do with Dr. King and why do we do a weekend dedicated to Dr. King and food and eco justice every year. 
And I think that it 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 seemed clear to us from from the get go that this is the that there is a strong connection between social justice and food and eco justice. And sure enough, an article shows up in the New York Times uh, by Drew Dillinger from the twenty second, in which um, uh, in which he emphasizes Dr. King's understanding of the interconnectedness of the world. And I think one of the key uh, uh, paragraphs in that article, if I can read, is Dr. King had been thinking about the environment for years before he addressed it in his sermon. Starting in the 1950s, Dr. King expressed concern for the survival of the world and linked the environmental and civil rights issues. And I quote here, it is very nice to drink milk at an unsegregated lunch counter, but not when there's strontium-90 in it. And I think that there is this this interconnectedness of the world, which is what we try and emphasize over the years in our program between food justice and eco-justice, civil rights, climate change. You cannot separate them all out. And we start with this idea and rethinking the urban land use model and that there is a connection between, between land use. What we say prior to our start, the profane use of land, growing grass, mowing it, watering it, fertilizing it, and then throwing the, throwing the harvest out, essentially. Uh, there's that connection between that and what happens inside a house of worship on the other side of the wall of that grass, which is supposed to be sacred, and trying to make sure that there is a consistency between the inside and the outside, the interconnectedness, interconnectedness of all of it. I, uh, uh, there's so much to unpack from that. Mm-hmm. But first of all, the word profane. I love that used in the context of lawns, and that's a tweet. A lawn is a profane use of land, and say that Robert Neville said that, because that is so profound. Uh, it is. Uh, and, 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 and profane is not a word that's used in a, a secular context very often, right. um, and it should be, uh, because it says it all in a way that occupies the moral high ground. So to speak. Right. And when you think of this interconnectedness, how different is that than what Barry Commoner was teaching in the 1970s in, the, in, in books such as The Closing Circle, the, begin, the life cycle of everything, the, the circle of life rather than, rather than our existence being linear and that you, you start with something, you use it up and you discard it. Rather, there is this cycle. We think of it as growers, just as simple as composting that which we, we take out of the ground at the end of the growing season so that we can fertilize our crops the next season. A simple example of a cyclical... Well, and some people would call that permaculture. Correct. Uh, Exactly. It's all mm -hmm. the interconnectedness of life. And so the rethinking of the urban land use model, how we get started, connecting the inside of a house of worship with the outside, connecting what we do at a house of worship with our community. As you know, Mike, from being with us for all these years, that all of the food and all of the work is done within a one-mile radius of Mm -hmm. where we grow the food. So there is this idea that you're building community within with this this circle of continuity, and connecting the community, and it is what we are going to do again this year by looking at and choosing the theme of climate change in city parks. And that, of course, uh, resonates with me because we have been talking on this program for the last several months about what's happening on the south side, and I and I suppose that influenced your decision. And yeah. Uh, Robert, <laughs> he's nodding. He's nodding. And going, yeah, yeah, just had, a little bit. Had a little something to do with that, and it's ah. I wrote about it yesterday uh, and posted something on it. It's very frustrating to see 
a man who did a lot of good, um, and that's Barack Obama, come in to kind of swoop in to Chicago and say, you know, I want that jewel. I'm going to yes. take that spot in, in Jackson Park, and we're going to put my library there. Uh, no matter that there are acres and acres of land uh, in the area nearby that could be reclaimed and added to the system if if he chose to do that. And so, th- once again, the Friends of the Parks and, and a, a number of Southside groups have had to step up now and say, well, wait a second, wait a second, you've got to talk to the community first. Um, wait a second, are you sure you want to take land that is already beautiful and has been part of our heritage in Chicago? How how is it exactly you have claim to this? Right. And you, Mike, you and I have talked about this a couple of years ago when they were considering the site in Washington Park. And part of that site <clears throat> was occupied by one of our recipients at the time, Remake the World. And we talked about the empty lots adjacent to that site and the context that's there. And as often the case, uh, again, back to this notion of, of, of the closing circle of, of in, in understanding the larger context. And so – just as we understand the context of a lawn and its responsibility and opportunities within a larger community, what is actually the context where that where that project is going to go? Now, we are not going to directly discuss the politics of, no, of the Obama library I get that. at the weekend. But what we try to do is demonstrate with a case study – in this case, it will be Kilbourne Park mm-hmm. – uh, a case study of what the opportunities are with a city park in Chicago – and its relationship to its context. So if you look at Kilbourne Park, you'll see on the west side and I believe on the south side, uh, row houses. And on the northeast corner uh, is um, uh, industrial. Mm-hmm. And then the railroad tracks cutting through the site. It's a very interesting to understand the relationship of that park to its larger context. And if you think about the history of parks – and going back to even the Victorian era and when the park system got set up in Chicago, parks have evolved in their purpose. The relationship between a park and the city and those who live in the city. And the conversation generally revolves around the health of the citizens of the city, both mental, spiritual, and physical health. And those parks are there to, to aid in that mission of mental, physical, and spiritual or psychological health. Mm-hmm. And so at, but that definition of what, what that encompasses changes over time. And so at one point it was picnicking and strolling and then throw in something radical like croquet. <laughs> but it evolved. Which, which turned into softball right. and, and then soccer. The ball, right. Yeah. But you did no. not see ba- – it predates even, even baseball. Right. You did not see – uh, goal posts and baseball diamonds, which we are not advocating to get rid of. We just want to point out to the community that the idea of parks and their use changes over time. It's an evolution, yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. And, and, and look at Kilbourne Park. There is a greenhouse. That greenhouse was built to grow plants to do an ornamental perennial garden. Mm-hmm. Now they're using it for 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 growing uh, seedlings for people who grow food. Exactly, they have their their annual right. uh, plant sale there, and for several years, and then they replaced yeah. the uh, 
the the glass ceiling there, the glass on the greenhouse, and and they've been able to grow plants there and raise nice. them, and then they sell them at this incredibly popular uh, plant sale that happens in May. So yeah. we want to look at that park just as you're encouraging the community to look at the site where the library is to go. Right. And look at that park and Well, I'm not really, you know, I'm 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 the tail wagging the dog here. <laughs> There's a lot of people who live down there have been calling attention to this issue and and I've certainly got on board because I think it just and 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 I want to move on from this, but I will just say one, once more that it just shows a stunning uh lack of uh, how the neighborhood works, and and and, exactly. and and there's a sense of privilege here that needs to be examined. We can't, you know, it's like it, it, somebody wrote on on my Facebook page the other day said it's like George Lucas Museum, and I went, it's exactly right. the same. It really is. It's it's the same issue all over again, except we like Obama and George Lucas. You might like him or you might not like right. him, whatever. Uh, and that's the difference here. Uh, and, and the, the Obama people, and, and I've seen them in print, I've seen them on purpose. They scratch their heads. They're kind of perplexed at what's all the blowback about. Uh, well, it's about transparency and it's about community involvement, it's, basically. It's, it's and that what, tone deafness. Yeah. And what we, we like to call a just justice. Mm-hmm. And, and so if you, if you, step back and look at that site, or in this case, what we will do on the 13th of January on Saturday afternoon, look at the Kilbourne Park site, and not just look at that site and those ball diamonds and and walking paths and greenhouse, but also look at the railroad tracks, the industrial building mm-hmm. across the way, the houses. What's the relationship? Is there an opportunity here? The water, there are 8,000 acres of Chicago parkland. That's about 5 to 7% of all of Chicago. You calculate the amount of water that falls on 8,000 acres, mm-hmm. and it's something like 3 billion gallons a year. What's the relationship between the water that falls on the industrial building on the northeast corner of, this, uh, of Kilbourne Park and the park itself? Is there an opportunity for a constructed wetland in that park? Is there an opportunity for a food forest, row crop? The relationship between the neighborhood and the park that changes over time, and how do we connect that with what I would consider to be the key social justice issue of our times, which is a changing climate? How do we connect all of that? Well, that's uh, Robert Neville from KAM Isaiah Israel. I want to get into exactly how that works, the Community Design Workshop, uh, because that's on Saturday, January 13th, uh, and that's the whole – That it, it's a two-and-a-half-hour opportunity for folks to get together and discuss this particular issue that you have or this this uh, scenario right. that you have. Uh, and then on Sunday, you have a, a bunch of workshops that go from 10 a.m. to 2.45, and that's a different story altogether. And we will get into the details of that. Uh, but I want to let folks know that if they want more information, they can go to kamii.org slash mlk. Uh, and you should also know it's on my website, MikeNovak.net. We've got that information up there, and you can find the links there. Uh, we're talking to Robert Neville from the uh, ninth annual. Uh, wow. Next year's the 10th annual, and then you get to have, what, paper to celebrate, isn't it? <laughs> That's the paper anniversary, yeah. <laughs> the MLK Food Justice and Sustainability Week. Recycled paper, right. It's the Mike Novak Show with Peggy Malecki. We'll be right back. 
Did you know it takes almost 2,000 gallons of water to produce one pound of beef? In a Green Diva Minute, you'll learn more and be on your way to living a deeper shade of green. It takes only 39 gallons of water to produce one pound of vegetables. Meat production releases more greenhouse gases than veggies. Emissions from livestock currently make up almost 15% of the global greenhouse gases. Of that, beef and dairy alone make up 65%. One cow's annual output of methane, you know, cow fluffs, burps, call them what you want, is equivalent to the emissions generated by one car burning 235 gallons of gas. Talk about stinky climate change. More vegetables equals a happier planet. Just saying. I'm Green Diva Meg, and you can find more low-stress green living tips at thegreendivas.com. If you garden in or around Chicago and you don't have a subscription to Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, I'm a little worried about you. That's because you're missing out on not only the garden magazine for our region, but one of the best gardening magazines in the country. Every issue features spectacular photos, as well as articles by noted horticultural authorities, nursery owners, state extension agents, master gardeners, and more. There are columns like Ask the Garden Pros, Regional Reports, and What to Do in the Garden. Of course, there's my column on the inside back page of every issue, but into each life a little rain must fall. Chicagoland Gardening Magazine, a publication of state-by-state gardening magazines. On newsstands everywhere, but go to chicagolandgardening.com and get a subscription. If you're in other parts of the Midwest or the South, try one of the 21 magazines in those regions by going to statebystategardening.com or call 888-265-3600, 'm into cliches today <laughs> I thought that was pretty appropriate song uh, yeah I think so or they 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 put in a lawn okay you know you could take down paradise and just and, slightly better uh, yeah just slightly better than a parking lot you know because there are there are people in the lawn industry who will argue that well it's better than asphalt well you know I'll give you that it's better than asphalt that's that's just, <laughs> That's what a lawn is, and, <laughs> and, and my slogan about lawns has always been, when in doubt, rip it out. So there you go. And put in a, a vegetable garden, and that's what's happened at uh, uh, KAM Isaiah Israel on uh, Chicago South Side uh, in Hyde Park. And next uh, Saturday and Sunday is the MLK Food Justice and Sustainability Weekend. Uh, and yes, we'll turn that around so you can see that. Here's and and our- there's a new image that's now up on Facebook if you're watching us. Okay, what have we got there, Robert? You can't. It is a it is a group of uh, I believe it's a group of folks uh, harvesting uh, bush beans. Which I will tell you, for those uh, uh, who have ever harvested bush beans, it's 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 sort of mystifying why they're not about fifty dollars a pound because it's <laughs> it's uh, if you're over the age of about twelve, being down there harvesting bush beans is is mm-hmm. uh, almost a Sisyphean task. <laughs> You look in the bowl and there's like yeah. this many. But I'll, t- I'll tell you what folks also don't understand is how good beans are if they're freshly oh, picked. Yeah. 
you pick them today, you throw them, you steam them a Five little bit, later. you add a little butter, and oh my goodness, that that's fine eating. So. It's one other thing I want to uh, point out, and and that is that it's it, to transform a lawn into into food production. Uh, in the past, people have 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 wondered if how productive that can be, and in uh, Mike knows this quite well. But in nine years, just the leftover lawns at at three houses of worship uh, have generated in the order of twenty six thousand pounds. That's thirteen tons of organic produce. Wow. So. Uh, that is, uh, if you, as much of what we do is to demonstrate uh, and to provide a replicable model. And so it is not as if we're trying to feed the entire south side of Chicago, but rather to demonstrate yeah, the, that's, the, that's the been potential. Yeah, that's been the point all along. The potential. Uh, and which is why I, I'm glad you continued the mission. So let's talk about uh, next weekend uh, the, the MLK Ninth uh, Annual. MLK Food Justice and Sustainability Weekend, and it starts on Saturday at 4 p.m. That's right. Um, with the Community Design Workshop, and uh, you're going to reimagine a Chicago park, uh, an urban food forest case study. That's it says reimagining a Chicago park, an urban food forest case study, and it's going to feature. Why, why don't you tell me about right. who, who the folks so, are here? So first, it is. Uh, it probably w- would be more correct to say an urban food forest case, urban food forest constructed wetland and row crop case study because it's it's yet to be determined exactly what our panel will come up with. Uh, I do say that this is the fourth year in a seven-year cycle of connecting climate change with some uh, something else. So we started with climate change and civil rights and then climate change and native food. Last year it was climate change and water and this year climate change and city, and, and city parks. Uh, and what we do on Saturday afternoon uh, is to assemble a group of uh, farm managers and experts in the field to go up on stage and stand in front of an 8-foot by 12-foot blank sheet of paper, which is in itself daunting. And and, 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 and I, will, I will let you know that uh, on uh, my website, on uh, the blog I wrote for today's show, I have a photograph from two years ago, you standing mm-hmm. next to that big old sheet of paper <laughs> after you guys, it was the next day, Yes, and uh, all the, those images were up there. Yes, and so, and for two hours, uh, I will uh, ask them questions uh, to, uh, with the goal of demonstrating to the uh, audience uh, the way that experts think about designing and developing a growing site in the city. So we will cover all manner of questions from where does the water come from, how do you, how do you provide uh, a power source, fences or no fences, wind direction, growing medium, uh, truck all the, access. All the things that, that the average person isn't going to think about when they're putting something like this in, exactly. right? Right. And so we try and cover in those two hours all the issues that will help those who are in the audience to get an idea of the scope of and what's involved in developing a growing site in the city. I'm just thinking that the average gardener doesn't even pay attention to how much sun is right. in their yard. I yes. mean, and, and that's what they tell you at the, at the very beginning is that if you're going to put a garden in your yard, you got to go out for like all you need is one day yes. in summer and, and see where the sun is at observe. different times of the day and, and then figure out where you're going to put your garden. Uh, although it does help if you do it also once in April and yes. once in October. Mm-hmm. 
and and just see what's and December, I suppose, as well, uh, and see what's going and, on. And probably June too, because yes. in many cases, well, yeah, the neighbors' that's, trees that's, have leafed out. Exactly. Well, that's what I was saying. Is that if it's in the middle of the summer, you do that, yeah. but you also wanted it at the uh, uh, early and late. <laughs> so. Uh, Talk about the folks who are going to be part okay. of this uh, so design. New, right. So, and and there there is an audience, and there is audience participation. So, if you are listening to this show and are thinking about coming and have something you'd like to contribute, or would rather just sit and watch these folks, please come on out. It's as as Michael tell and it's you, free. It's free. Mm-hmm. The weekend is free. Following this. Uh, design workshop. There will be pizza and uh, ad- adult, <laughs> that's also free. Adult beverages and uh, that's also free. It's also free. And it's it's uh, so this year on stage will be uh, Renee Costanzo, who is the program specialist at Kilbourne Park. She is new this year to the stage. Uh, Noel Deer, who is the farm supervisor at Seminary, Seminary Hill Farm in Delaware, Ohio. This will be her second year. Uh, Brianne Heath, um, I'm sure many in the mm-hmm. audience know who she is. I just bought for the holidays, for Christmas, um, some maple syrup. maple syrup. Did you get some of that maple <laughs> syrup? Uh, you got some of it too, mm-hmm. right, Peggy? Yeah. Yeah. We just got maple syrup from Brianne Heath, who jarred it herself, put it, I mean, from, I, her, from grandfather's, her grandfather's that's farm, right. she also aged ha- in bourbon barrels. She has a farm on the roof of her building, which is amazing just amazing so, so i like her yeah so she so she uh, as she under her her name is listed in the program as farmer the pie patch understated as that is she is borderline omniscient when it comes to all things growing uh, <laughs> rob carthal who was our farm manager emeritus for KMIZ israel and also who used to be part of the mike novak show he still is in spirit and he is <laughs> cope dog hey cope dog and he is and and rob we are connected with him because of mike anna maria leon manager of the edible landscapes at christy weber landscapes this is probably her third or fourth year on the stage yep a uh, mm-hmm. fantastic contributor to to uh, all things uh, related to permaculture and and food forests. Owen Needham, who Needham, who is the current farm manager of KMIZ Israel, he'll be starting his second year. A wonderful farm manager, and I will be asking the questions, uh, giving very few, if any, answers. But I will be asking <laughs> the questions, and they will, uh, over the course of those two hours, uh, with markers in hand, will construct. On that 8-foot by 12-foot sheet of white paper, they will be drawing out their vision for Kilbourne Park, reimagining what that park could be like, uh, and uh, and understanding the issues that we, we like to talk about uh, that move us closer to a more just and equitable world. Uh have any of these designs you've come up with uh, ever been put into practical use? The, the actual projects that we work on are not really intended to be constructed. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, last year we designed a food forest for uh, a, a Costco, the roof of a Costco building. It's a three-and-a-half-acre roof. It's typical of a, of a Costco store. The idea is to for the audience to think uh, anew about aspects of the environment that they – just sort of take for granted typically. So they may go to a big box store and not think about how much water falls in the roof of a Costco store, which is about three and a half million gallons of water a year, which is about how much water it takes to grow three and a half acres of food. And all the water that fell on that roof goes into the storm system in Chicago. Mm -hmm. So we ask, so the goal of the weekend is for those two hours 
for them to see how these folks rethink something which is in our world, Mm -hmm. but that we are not inclined to think of as, uh, think differently about. Just as how we started in 2009, rethinking the leftover space, the profane lawns around houses of worship, now we like to rethink the roof of a big box store, and in this case, rethinking a Chicago city park. Again, there are 8,000 acres of parkland in Chicago. That's between 5 and 7% of the city of Chicago. Can we rethink the way some of that land is used mm-hmm. to, be, to be in line with the issues of health that face us now in 2018, different issues than we confronted in 18. 18- Fifty or eighteen sixty, can we rethink that? Can the people who attend the workshop can they leave thinking differently about the parks? All right, we need to very quickly then move to Sunday, which is a more traditional kind of a day where you have workshops, uh, three different sessions: one from ten to ten forty-five, eleven to eleven forty-five. Then you break for lunch, and then you have one to one forty-five. And, and then two, and then two, oh, I'm sorry, you have four, four, four sessions. I'm sorry. Right. So there are 18 different workshops. Okay, uh, and they're all over the place. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Yeah. There's built environment and health. What's a connection? Landscaping with native plants. How to think global and act local. Promoting urban ag- agriculture's uh, ward ambassador. Uh, maximizing your garden. The role of pickling and preserving in the kitchen. Uh, dishing the dirt on Chicago's dirty dirt. What does that mean? Well, I think this uh, the, this um, professor from DePaul, James Montgomery, has been doing studies on heavy metals and soil, and he's going oh, to teach he's going to okay. teach the workshop. He's going to teach in that workshop mm-hmm. what he's doing a, a, with that, and help the people who attend to be able to test. It, I think understand their soil and its contaminants. And what is of. the potential of my site for an urban farm or garden? Advocacy for food justice, working with local and state governments. Uh, Midwest grow, Grows Green, Pesticide-Free Parks and Sustainable Landscapes in Greater Chicago, yes. and that's going to be the Midwest Pesticide Action Center. Yep. Love those people. Uh, grasses and Sedges of Illinois, and on and on. I mean, this right. is the kind of stuff that's... Uh, by the way, uh, uh, Robert's sticking around to the last segment just because uh, we can't possibly wrap up in 40 seconds here. Uh, but this, again, like the Saturday... Uh, uh, opportunity event is free open to the public come on by have some lunch have a brewski you got those too great networking we'll talk more about it it's the mike novak show with peggy malecki back for the final segment right after this This let's face it sometimes we overdo physical activity that's when to give dr bonnie flaster a call Dr. Flaster is a chiropractor who treats back and neck pain, but addresses foot, knee, shoulder, and wrist pain, too, all with gentle, non-force adjustments. And she'll talk to you about your problems and work with you to devise the best treatment strategy. Find health tips at rivernorthwellness.com. Call Dr. Bonnie Flaster at 312-642-7545 and get back to feeling good. You can now enjoy local food all season long at Winter Farmer's Markets, hosted by many different Chicagoland houses of worship on select Saturdays and Sundays from now through April. Your purchase of local, sustainably produced food helps support regional farmers. The markets are organized by Faith in Place, a nonprofit which inspires people of diverse faiths to care for the earth through education, connection, and advocacy. 
For a market schedule and to learn more, go to faithinplace.org. Stay in touch with The Mike Novak Show. Find us on Facebook at The Mike Novak Show. Use the Twitter handle at MikeNow. Send us a photo on Instagram at The Mike Novak Show or write to us, mike at mikenovak.net. Speaking of the website, podcasts and blog posts are available every week at mikenovak.net. And while you're there, sign up for those posts and our newsletter on the homepage. And please support the sponsors who support us. Look for logos and specials at mikenovak.net. What is this place? You're in uncharted territory. What do you mean? Where are we? I don't know if you've heard this. I don't know what it is. Tell us your name, please. 1590. WCGO Chicago. I was looking and and I think this song I saw I, I this is Outcast by the way and I got a few I thought I read someplace recently this is like 20 years old or something I, it might be Probably. is it yeah we're uh, okay Ellie's nodding her head and going yeah okay yeah that's really so old uh, what you're saying is that I'm really really old is what you is what <laughs> what you're saying uh, Mike please all I'm saying is that I remember listening to that song in about like kindergarten, jamming uh, out to it on the okay. way home with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> and playing with the dangly things. Yep. Up, uh, 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 yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, oh, dear. I, we are really, really yeah. old. Okay. That gets a. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like, I like the sound of yours better than. Although that's that's a cleaner sound. Yeah. Uh, welcome back to the Mike Novak Show uh, with Peggy Malecki. We're in the home stretch of that uh, voice you heard over there. Uh, is Ellie, uh, who's, uh, I'm going to ask you a question in just a second about the show, so you better... Okie doke, I'll she's be been ready. taking notes. She, 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 taking I know, notes. she's taking copious notes. It's really, <laughs> it's scaring me here, right? It's, she has everything you've said written down. I think she's going to ask me a question later on, so... Uh, and uh, Robert Neville from KAM Isaiah Israel is here in the studio, and we were talking about the uh, the ninth annual MLK Food Justice and Sustainability Weekend, uh, and we were going over the Sunday seminars, which are a week from today. Uh, again, if you go Saturday, it's two and a half hours, and you 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 take a park, Kilbourne Park, and you rethink it, and you make it a, a food area uh and other things and just you know it just open your mind to what a park could be in chicago and that's kind of the idea of what they do and it will if you're a gardener you're going to learn a lot believe me about planning uh what a perfect time to learn about planning in january when you're looking out at your snow-covered backyard or front yard or whatever you have and thinking how how do i develop this you're going to get ideas yeah. from this from really smart people, uh, and I would say, yeah, show up and you don't and have just, to be there the whole day. You can come and go, and yeah, uh, but that's only two and a half hours anyway. For, no, the Sunday. Oh, I'm talking about Saturday. Okay, I'm talking about Saturday. No, no, no. I, this that my whole thing was this this thing was about Saturday because that that whole planning session with uh, uh, the folks who are are looking at the Kilbourne Park. Boy, that my phone is, is just going is blink. Is that your phone? That's my phone going blink, blink, blink. That's Life Source. Uh, probably. <laughs> Life Source is calling me and saying, I need your blood. I want your blood. Please call Life Source. That, that's, um, that Saturday is a real performance piece. Yeah. If you've never seen it, it's, 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 it's quite uh, dy- it's dynamic, it's fun, and uh, it's, it's educational. So, so for people who may never have been there before, yes. where do they park? So they, uh, 
there is complete access, even though the street at Greenwood between 50th and 51st appears to be blocked off by the Secret Service because of Obama's house. It is completely accessible. You can come by public transportation or you can park anywhere in the neighborhood and walk into KM Isaiah Israel. It is on the northeast corner of Greenwood and Hyde Park Boulevard. Let me just say that if you go down there, there's plenty of street parking. Yeah. It's real yeah. easy. It's just park anywhere in the neighborhood. But for people who've never been there yep. before and might yeah. be concerned about that. Yeah. And, no, they don't have to worry about it. No, it should be quite easy. And I and it, it is... It's it, a Sunday after all, too. I, I'm not certain... Oh, sorry, Saturday. Saturday afternoon. Saturday and Sunday. At 4 o'clock we start. And then, as you know, it's followed by uh, pizza and beer, uh, all of it free and open to everyone. And it is, if not unique, really unusual to see this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is it is it is a really wonderful way to spend a late afternoon, uh, early evening, and then. And I want to get to get back to the, now the Sunday yes. part of it because uh, we we got through like half of the <laughs> seminars in the in the previous segment, but one that you called to our attention uh, is in the one o'clock session. Right. Parks as community connectors. Uh, there's a couple of seminars you have about parks. Correct. Uh, uh, even on uh, on Sunday, uh, one of them is that, uh, and then uh, in the two o'clock session, more sustainable parks through permaculture principles. Right. Um, but let's get back to the parks as community connectors. Uh, Elvia Rodriguez Ochoa from uh, Open Lands is going to be there. Uh, one, of, you were talking about her, but we also have uh, 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 Nicole. Uh, Machuca, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, oh boy, I'm not going to get all these names wrong, so I'm not even going to say. Nicole Carolina, Carol, Carolina, and, oh boy, I can't even pronounce the first name. Okay, so uh, from Friends of the Parks, Chicago Park District, and the Field Museum, but they're all going to be talking about parks. What, what do you know about this seminar? Well, I, n- not much, except that it's being it's being led by Elvia, and she's uh, a, a, an old friend of mine and a, and a mem- a, the board of directors of Advocates for Urban Agriculture with me, and uh, and she is she always leads a very popular and and wonderful workshop at the MLK weekend. So that's probably as most of these workshops will be. They will likely be standing room only. Mm-hmm. I think that the most common refrain I hear on Sunday is folks uh, walking around trying to choose between which one of the four or five workshops they will attend mm-hmm. each hour. It is a fancy problem to have, uh, sometimes determined by how many seats are left in the room. But I encourage you, to, if you're coming, to come early. We ask you to register. Uh, again, it's free, but uh, registering allows us to gauge how much food to have on hand for you and to make sure that we have rooms large enough uh, for you to enjoy the workshops. Yeah, and and that 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 kind of says it all. It's just uh, it's a s- smorgasbord, it basically. Is. You'd show up, and and what's the, and what the great thing about it? It's like these events that you see sponsored, and and not to knock other people and other uh, organizations that do these kinds of workshops and seminars, but this is free, and then they feed you. Because Come on, folks! Really, and and we, you leave with some great practical ideas too. Yeah. You you do, and, and at a time of year that's quite useful because, uh, as you were saying in your in the nine o'clock hour, uh, the seed catalogs are coming. Yep. They are here. No, they're here already. And they're 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 they're, <laughs> they're 
There are here to- come catalogs, here come catalogs, right down catalog lane. And they're toying with us. And <laughs> this, is the time, this is the time to get started. So you, if you come to KMIZ Israel next Saturday and Sunday, you will be able to go back and look at those seed catalogs with a new eye and ready to order your seeds and with a, with, with a better understanding, hopefully, of how to start the year uh, and leading your community to, to uh, more of, a, of an echo and food justice way. All right, we've got two minutes. Uh, I wanted to quickly note something that our friend Pat Sketch sent us. Um, and Oh, and by the way, if you want more information about the, uh, the event, uh, just go to KAM. I-I-K-A-M-I-I dot org slash M-L-K. That's right. It's all there. Or go to my website, MikeNovak.net. And it's posted on the uh, Facebook video. And it's it's everywhere. We got it everywhere here. Uh, and Pat Sketch uh, sent us this information about the uh, record that we sent uh, uh, or we set in the last uh, 12 days, 12 consecutive days below 20 degrees at Chicago O'Hare from uh, December 26th of last year to January 6th of this year. Uh, the average snow depth has been one inch. He notes that we tied a record in 1895 and, and 1936, but in 1895, there were 12 consecutive days below 20 degrees at Midway, which was the mm-hmm. official recording station at that time, from February uh, 1st through Febru- February 12th of 1895. <laughs> but at that point, the average snow depth was 13 inches. Yep. Very different here. It's one inch, and he he just says he wonders what the result would have been had we had 13 inches here. And if obviously earlier in the season, too, yeah. maybe it would have gone on longer. Who knows? Or been colder. Uh, so uh, thanks for all, all that fascinating information, Patrick Sketch. I want to thank all the folks who were on the show, starting with Robert Neville, who's sitting right over there. And, of course, our friends from the Midwest Renewable Energy Association, Julie, Clay, and Alex. And the Ellie sighting and all the wonderful engineers uh, running Facebook and everything there. Thanks. Until next Sunday, go green or go home. Uh, Stadler? Yeah, what? Is that it? Yes, it's over. How'd you like it? I don't know. I slept through the whole thing. Well, you didn't miss much.